So, hello guys, this is Giri again for uh, an amazing podcast, again for the Space Space Podcast. And uh, today uh, I'm just going to talk about uh, my mission in Krakow. We called it Alula. And I have my colleagues here as well to talk about Alula mission. We have Matt and Piotr, uh, who was a part of my crew. This is something really amazing. Uh, this is going to be amazing because... Uh, you know, like uh, we, we, we had an analog uh, astronaut mission and uh, we performed a lot of experiments, a lot of, uh, we had a lot of fun as well. So, yeah, uh, we have my friends. So let, let me allow them to talk as well. So we have Matt and Peter. Guys, uh, say hi to the people who are listening to our podcast. Hi, it's uh, great to be here. Here's Matt. <laughs> Hello, he's Piotr. Uh, hi. Okay, and uh, yeah, you guys, you guys can introduce yourselves as well on what you guys are doing, and uh, how did you came to know about the, the mission in uh, Krakow as well? Yeah, maybe you can go first. Mm, okay, I'm a computer scientist and I'm a space enthusiast, uh, and I saw this uh, uh, mission announcement in january this year where the the schedule for all the year was published by atc uh, so i simply applied and get here matt and how about you yeah so for me i'm a i'm similarly a software software engineer uh software and robotics engineer actually um has some experience in both when it comes to alula um Let's just say that I just happen to know Agatha and Matt, the the the, the staff of AATC. Uh, we know each other from our time at ESA uh, many many years ago, like three four years ago. Um, we just stayed in touch, exchanged some you know messages once in a while, and they said that there's this opportunity to join this mission, and I I joined. I wanted to join an analog mission for some time, and this was pretty pretty random, let's say, but it all worked out. It works because right now I'm between jobs, so I don't have that many inbound responsibilities. So I had a lot of free time, and and they said that there's this opportunity, and whether you want to take it, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's let's see what what it's all about. <clears throat> it was a fun one week of holidays in space. Let's call it that way. Yeah, this is the holidays. Good, yeah, good naming. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I like that. Name, I think, yeah. I think, Piotr, Piotr, you said it right during the during the mission. Um, it's it's a cool way to see it because on one hand, you can you can spend the money and go to some uh, I don't know resort to the mountains or to to some tropical islands, or you can yeah. uh, go to an adventure like this and and have holidays in space and try to feel what it would be like to be an astronaut. And and I think that was a really cool metaphor, and I I really liked it. Yeah, that, yeah, that was something cool as well. And yeah, Piotr, is, it wasn't your first mission, yeah? Uh, yeah. The mission. So yeah, that was my second, let's say, vacation spent that time uh, in, mm -hmm. in that way. Uh, so yeah, I also took my holidays to uh, to join the mission. And yeah, for me as well, a uh, quick introduction about my job. I work with networkings and 
in IT as well. So I, I, I graduated from mechatronics and I'm still searching for the right job. And I guess I applied to AATC before one year. And uh, yeah, things worked out quickly. Like uh, I guess I got an email from AATC staff on uh, January and I chose the schedule very randomly, but uh, everything worked out very well. And yeah, I pretty well, uh, like uh, I pretty well much like the name of Alula <laughs> all the time. We guys were like Alula all the time. Every, wherever That's we cool. go, we guys were like Alula. <laughs> Will you yeah. explain what Alula is? <laughs> Can you explain yeah. what Alula is? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the name, uh, it was not uh, chosen by me. It was, we guys were having a discussion. We had another crew member uh, called Silky, and there was supposed to be another uh, person as well from Slovakia, but uh, she didn't uh, join. Uh, so we guys were having a meeting, and they suggested the name should be something with palindrome. I was like, uh, palindrome. That that's that's a best best idea. But uh, what are we going to choose? Because uh, b because there are very less words in palindrome, and uh, when we are searching in the internet, uh, we found a random word called alula, and uh, alula in Arabic means uh, the winglet, the the winglet of uh, of an eagle or something. So we guys were like, oh, this sounds cool. And uh, we chose the name Alula, <laughs> so that's how that's how we made Alula. <laughs> the name is Alula, and uh, yeah, we were expecting the other crew member to join as well. But yeah, it's fun that we had this name, and uh, yeah. So yeah, like one... the, the inside joke about the name Alula was that it just sounds so funny when you say it that after repeating yeah. it, I think five times during the mission, we just started making fun of it. And whenever something weird or fun or stupid happened, you just shout, Alula! And everybody would laugh at it. And it was such a fun inside joke that didn't absolutely didn't make any sense, but it just kept us going in a positive mood. So if you're ever you know, going for a, for a mission when you're gonna be under stress and isolation, just pick a funny name because you're gonna need it. That that's my advice. Yeah, I also remember Agatha talking about our name. We can come to it later, you know, like in the later part of this uh, episode. Uh, so yeah, talking about our first impressions on uh, the day one. How did you guys feel? Uh, uh, personally, for me, I felt you know like a little bit uh, scared because it was my first analog astronaut mission, and uh, we like. I really didn't have any idea on how analog missions work. And secondly, uh, I thought, you know, like, I thought it's going to be very, 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 very hard. But it really depends on the people, you know, like, uh, on, on the day one, I started feeling the bond because I remember we guys were... Came before, came to Krakow before two days, and we had some good team building and got to know each other. So that 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 really created me, you know, like created a trust on uh, the team members. So yeah, that was my first impression on uh, when I was entering the 
the uh, habitat that I was a bit, a little bit afraid on uh, how things will go. And personally for me, uh, I guess I'm the, I'm the youngest one in uh, the total crew. And uh, I just recently got graduated as well. I'm like, oh my God, people are going to be, you know, like super serious about this. And uh, they're going to be like, uh, they, they, I, I thought they're going to be like, they want me to be more serious, but in the end, everyone had the same, uh, you know, same level of uh, frequency and uh, humor. So I think that was something, you know, like uh, kept me going on the upcoming days. But day one, I was a bit scared, to be honest. And how was it for you, Matt? And uh, you can say Matt, and then Peter can uh, talk as well. Yeah, cool. So for me, I mean, I was absolutely excited from the beginning. Um, I wasn't nervous about it. I was just curious and excited. Um, you know, the, the main point for me to go on a mission like that was just, just to see and experience how they look like. So I didn't have any any expectations nor any uh, fear of of not of of it not working out very well. It was just excited. And when I meet, met you guys for the first time, I remember Agatha was doing her uh, initial experiments on, on trying to test our personalities and, and character when we were still in Krakow. Uh, I think that that all went fine. I mean, it was an interesting intro to intro and team building to, to try to figure out who we are going to be locked, locked in with. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all of that was super cool. And then when we when we entered the habitat, um, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna say cool a lot because that that pretty much sums up uh, how I felt about it. Everything was cool. I mean, I liked the interior design of the habitat. I liked the amount of stuff that was inside. Uh, at first, I didn't like that it was very pretty disorganized. It was a big mess. But then I started liking it because I thought that. You know, in the end of the day, it's up to the astronauts to keep the habitat in order because during real missions, there there's not gonna be any cleaning crew that that enters the habitat after one between between the missions. So, I think it should be up to the astronauts to organize things, and and maybe it should be more stressed by the by the staff, uh, by the mission control. Um, and other yeah. first. Yeah. About interior, I have some comment here as well. Uh, I really loved it uh, on what you said about uh, even you get a new apartment, you're going to do the same way. I, I felt the same way as well. You know, like on day three, I really didn't miss the sun. Sunlight, I didn't really miss it uh, because it was like you you, you, you just uh, started getting used to it. and uh, And it was, you know, like, some some something which was uh, which made you that uh, you're already in space, like an international space station or something. So, yeah, yeah, the lack of sunlight was was interesting, and I'm still really curious about the details of what happened. But let's let's talk about sunlight and sleep a little bit later. Yeah, um, I just want to reference one thing you said that you know the the idea of stapling things to the walls instead of just <laughs> screwing them and and uh, attaching them differently i loved it so much yeah as you said when i'm going to have my apartment the first phase of that apartment before any serious renovation and any serious interior design will be probably that i'm going to put wooden uh 
pieces of wood on the wall so that I can staple cables and switches and and everything to it so that I can just test and, and validate the design that I like. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than designing your apartment and then you realize that you put the light switch on the wrong side. Because to change that, you have to, like, tear down the walls and, and, and put the cables and, and whatnot. But if you do that as they did in the habitat, you just staple the cables. And of course, it's all visible. It all looks very raw and it looks very industrial or hackish. But I really like the design and I wouldn't mind living in a, in a design like that for the first year or, or more uh, just to make sure that the final design that I go for is actually a good one and serves my needs and, per and, and whatever I want to do. You know, Matt, workarounds are always the best, so you probably never change it. <laughs> Maybe, and, and that's also fine. And and you know, if I'm able to eventually make it so that it looks nice and purposeful, and and it actually fits in the whole decor, I would probably keep it because why not? I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a very hacky engineer. I like this style. I I as long as I'm living by myself, and and that's my current situation. I don't need it to be pretty. I need it to be functional and. That's it. And that's for me, that for me was a big revelation of how do you, can you actually make an apartment really hacky and functional, the whole apartment. So yeah, that, that was really cool. And Piotr, how was your first impression? And uh, you can Well, also... my first impression started at the arriving to the Krakow because uh, we knew each other only from the, uh, how it's called, this communicator. This messaging tool, yeah, it's called some signal. The chat app, yeah, signal. So I thought there are three space engineers and me, but so three guys and me, so four guys uh, for one week mission. And finally, we had a uh, silky, which is a girl. So it was really nice to have uh, one girl in the team, at least. So yeah, that was my first impression that we are not, you know, four men locked for a week uh, uh, in a really small area. Uh, so yeah, we had a really good uh, trainings before the mission. And that was really, really awesome to go to the Kościuszko Mold in the climb on the Kościuszko Mold in the night, uh, go yeah. to the, uh, collect some samples from the waterfalls and then arrive to the habitat in the night. It was really important to arrive there in the night. <laughs> that we haven't saw anything outside, uh, just the habitat. Yeah, I also thought that was, you know, like something more uh, Agatha and uh, uh, the AATC staff did it on intentions because, yeah, on the day seven when I came out, yeah, that's where I realized at which place we are in and how beautiful it is. So, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, I also think yeah. that it it helped sustain the illusion that we really are in space. And, and I really loved yeah. the road, the last <laughs> few meters to the habitat, because it's very bumpy. It Like, when you drive it, <laughs> everything starts shaking, and you really yeah. feel like you're you're firing of thrusters to land, and, and that was yeah. super cool. And, you know, you, you, you get there at night, uh, you don't see anything around you just walk to the door between the car and the habitat and and you don't see anything around you don't even see how the how the habitat looks like from the outside uh you barely see anything because it's just so dark um 
and then you carry your your stuff inside and you 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 get locked in uh you have the debriefing and that's it <clears throat> and and i really think that it helped sustain this illusion that we couldn't imagine how it looks like outside so we felt like there is no outside and for me that was like <laughs> the really interesting part of this whole experience that i felt like okay this is now this is the whole world this small habitat this is like the whole realm of our existence there is nothing more there's nothing more to worry about there's nothing more to think about it's just this and we have to you know fix this especially for me as i was the the mission uh engineer and my job was to fix some equipment so you know i was just like looking at this as a big puzzle to fix and you know that's the existence that's the world you live in for for the next few days yes and it and yeah. was really really loudly there so we were completely cut off from the outside world yeah there was yeah, you know you see the ventilation all of it was making a lot of noise inside uh, as you would have on a space station right and we didn't hear anything from the outside we didn't yeah. have any contact with the outside world yeah. i think the only oh, moment when, when yeah. the only moment when i had some contact with the outside world was when i touched the entrance door and i felt that it's like super hot so it 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 meant that it has to be very warm outside, even though inside we had AC running all the time and it was a pleasurable 20 degrees. So when I when I touched the door, I was like, oh shit, it has to be like 30 degrees outside or something. And and we're here in this locked in place with AC and we, we don't have to bother. Uh, it's probably day outside, but you can't be sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was the weird part. We don't know whether it was a day or a night, but uh, I, 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 yeah, as as you said, we didn't uh, had uh, much interaction with the outer world except uh, me. Every morning, Agatha gives me a call because I was the communication officer, and uh, uh, yeah, we we get calls in different languages, and I need to translate what uh, is in the briefing in the morning. And uh, the first one was in Chinese, right? How did you deal yeah. with that? Uh, what I did was uh, I had uh, actually I had a voice message and I started playing it uh, to the Google Translate to translate the message. And uh, yeah, the first day was Chinese and I was like, oh, my God, what I have done. Oh, <laughs> what I have done. Yeah. Oops. So, so you did it with yeah. two phones? Agatha started talking in Chinese. It it was like it was like fluent in Chinese and I had a hard time in translating, but I managed to translate it. And nice. Probably it was uh I was really, you know, like really like up in the upcoming days it, it became real really like a cool stuff in the morning to wake up the team and uh and yeah, one more thing uh, which I was really afraid was uh, I shouldn't oversleep because I was the only one who's having uh, more communications with uh, the mission control. So yeah, so I had to be like control. I wake up in, once in every two hours to check on uh, check on what's going on, and I always uh, open my signal chat and check. Whether uh, what's what's uh, important, and uh, yeah, that that that's something which I felt uh, a little bit nervous. But on uh, the upcoming days, on day three or day four, 
I started feeling, you know, like more fun, and I was really excited uh, on uh, what happened. And yeah, it was good, you know. Like I, I liked, 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 liked it, you know, to hear someone in the morning, except the other three people inside the habitat, just a new voice from the outside world. That's that's something which is, which really, which was really good, and it uh, drove me every day what about the mess matt yeah you said uh, you know you know let's go how, the how, next how, topic how about experiments and uh, okay everyone had our own proposal for experiments so maybe piotr you can start about uh, your experiment and uh, what you were doing in the habitat and then yeah, we could was, go for matt uh, and then i will continue as well that was a part of uh team building that we all selected uh, one experiment for us for oh, the nice. whole week. Uh, so everyone selects something to build or to do during uh, the guys, mission. Uh, guys, uh, am I audible? Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yes, you, yeah, during the mission, actually, you can talk about uh, what happened during the mission. Yes, yeah, so every, every of us has one. I selected the building the uh, Heron's Fontaine uh, design just to create an example of gravity pump that could pump the water and be used uh, for sustainable houses to collect the gray water from, from the sinks and pump it up uh, to the tank above the, let's say, toilet and collect it. So yeah, I tried to create a a uh, model of this of this fontaine and tested how how f uh, on which height uh, the water level can can go using it you giri what was what's about you My, mine was actually like about the hydroponic system I, I, you remember i was standing near the 3d printer all the time uh, uh, I had, uh, when I entered uh, the habitat, I had uh, two important things for the crew. At first, I just wanted to, wanted to help you guys on uh, 3D printing. And I, I, I had to 3D print my hydroponic system as well. And I'm still working on the hydroponic system, which is like a circular hydroponic system where uh, the plants will grow on the zero gravity and uh, yeah, it, it it should be like it it needs to be rotatable, and uh, I'm still trying to figure out on uh, how to work on the hardware part for it. And uh, yeah, moreover, that that was my thing. And uh, Matt, what were the experiments you were working on? I guess Matt was working on almost everything. Yeah, so like to sum it up in one word, um, my job or the job I took was to just fix some of the broken equipment that was in the habitat um as, as you can imagine when you have a lot of equipment some of it is designed specifically for the habitat some of it is almost do-it-yourself house-made things that you know are not professional sturdy components some of it because there, there is a there is a lot of also professional equipment there but some of it was this do-it-yourself style uh components so some of this just broke over time over the many missions that atc had it just stopped working because that's that's what happens when, when things that you do yourself uh 
you're gonna design one piece to to weak or someone is just gonna open it up to take away some component and use it for some something else that that happens and that's fine um and my job was to just figure out out of all the things that are there how to repair as many things that i can so that they're operational again um and i started off with a rover that i made for the aact crew back at isa uh when we were working together it was just like an after hours project where you know it's a small rover that's basically a remote controlled car if you, if you want to put it in that terms that has a robotic arm on top. <clears throat> um, and luckily, all the pieces needed to repair it were in the habitat, which was also very uh, magical and special, really, that that out of all the random things that I needed to repair, it, everything was there. Um, and that was that was pretty cool. Uh, other things that, that I repaired included a random positioning machine that, that a colleague of mine built a few years ago, a hypergravity simulator that had a burnt engine, a burnt motor, uh, and stopped working. Um, what else was there? Aclinostat. AC. <laughs> AC, yeah. AC. AC, AC was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. The story of the AC was that for some reason they made it in a way that it had like four four meters or so of tube uh, attached to it. So if, if you know how AC works, it has effectively two exhausts. Uh, one exhaust is a is a cold air. Uh, so that's that's the part you want to have directed to your room. So your room gets cold air, and there's a hot exhaust that that exhausts hot air, and you want to move that hot air outside as quickly as possible so that it doesn't warm up the air inside. Now, the problem was that they made the AC unit in a way that you can move it around the habitat, meaning that it had four meters of pipe attached to the heat exhaust. The problem with that is that this four meters of pipe is effectively a radiator. And as we measured with Piotr's phone, that's the one of the caterpillar phones with uh, the, the uh, thermal camera, uh, that pipe heated up to 60 degrees Celsius. So you have this four meter long pipe that's 60 degrees Celsius hot. And effectively this AC unit was not cooling anything. It was, I, I believe that it was heating up the room even more. Uh, so we just trim it. We trimmed it to less than one meter or so, so that it stopped heating up that much. And and thanks to that, we had a nice cool atmosphere in the, in the habitat. Uh, we managed to stick to 20 degrees. And after the mission, mission control told us that it's very incredible because the previous missions, they had issues staying like 25, 30 degrees. That was the norm. And we had nice 20 degrees for most of the time, even though outside was, as I said before, very, very hot. Uh, that's one thing about the AC. Another thing was that it was constantly rattling, making a lot of noise, and we never know when it would stop working. Um, I tried to figure out what's broken inside. Um, I think it's just misalignment of some parts causes it to rattle and make a lot of noise once in a while. I tried to file off these parts, but that didn't help that much. So we just have to shake it and put it in proper position, and then it and then it works. I also remember making a funny video of you touching the AC every time it stops. You walk yeah, back, yeah. it starts. <laughs> so it it was so sensitive that if you would just put a little bit of 
force from the top and i mean really a little bit it would stop rattling and then you let go and it starts rattling again and makes a lot of noise and then you touch you literally touch it again and it stops and yeah you know i mean this was some people could get annoyed because you would say that okay the equipment in the habitat is faulty and that sucks uh on the other hand you know if you're if you are on a mission like that things will break and you have to deal with that so for me that was an excellent uh, example an excellent trial really how to deal with a situation like that because ac is necessary on a mission like that otherwise you would cook inside it would be very very difficult to stay inside if if, if the temperature went up to 30 degrees so it's necessary to keep it running and it, it worked in the end it wasn't yeah. perfect but it worked it's a life supporting system <laughs> Yeah, it's a life support system. And that's not, you know, I mean, people think that temperature is not a problem, but it, it's not a problem as long as you have like human acceptable temperatures. I mean, even if you have 30 degrees inside, that's still fine. But if it goes to 35, um, if it goes 35, 40, I mean, if, if you go to space, it's it's going to be very difficult to uh, to keep the temperature down and an and acceptable level. Um, I actually heard at some point that satellites have an interesting problem because on one hand you have the sun on the one side on one side you have the sun uh which is heating the satellite quite a lot and on the other side you have literally nothing the coldness of space that's uh three three kelvins or so and the problem is that there is no medium to which you can transfer the heat out there is no air to which you can radiate the heat easily um, and satellite have satellites have the same like as big problems cooling down as keeping warm in, in the coldness of space. And that's I think very interesting and, and you don't usually think about it. Also considering all the equipment inside that you know it, it heats up. There's electricity working in like the satellite is doing something. There's motors, uh, reaction wheels, all of it is generating some heat and, and you have to get rid of that heat as well. It's it's not a trivial problem, especially when you have humans involved uh, on the ISS. You have like this powerful radiator of heat that is our body. It's just uh, it becomes a really difficult task. Yeah, I remember uh, Piotr and Silky were working on the heat pipe experiment as well. And uh, how was it going, Piotr? Uh, whether uh, it was uh, working well? Or uh, how, how can you explain a little bit more about heat pipes? Because I remember uh, you guys were working with uh, some uh, tuna cans in the 3D printed pipes. So, like, can can you just explain a little bit more on your? Yes, experiment of Silky was about the measuring the uh, heat conductivity inside of the pipes that are vacuumed, that are empty. Uh, and filled with a little bit amount of water. And when you hit one one end, then the water should start uh, evaporating and go inside through through the pipe and heat heat it uh, around. So we were designing a few patterns of of this pipe. So it was not, you know, the circular pipe inside and the, the circular pipe with circular uh, hole inside. No, there were a few few more patterns that uh, sh that should be tested uh, how they behave uh, and how is the efficiency of uh, 
conductivity that they hit through it. So yeah, we are build, we are building uh, these pipes from uh, metal pipes, some random metal pipes with uh, 3D printed interior, this, this pattern. Uh, yeah, I remember printing a different kind of patterns, like a circle of one, uh, triangle, square. Yes, triangle, squares. Yeah. Like a flower, yeah. so, so you have a circular hole and few, you know, pieces of flower uh, around it. So you can use different shapes uh, for, for these flowers. Yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, that was interesting as well. And yeah, it was really good that you guys were conducting some experiments. And I remember you're taking out your camera from the phone on the thermal camera, the Caterpillar one. The Caterpillar phone was, that was the hero, you know, like that was the, the, the biggest uh, advantage we had. We were able to fix the AC because of that, and we were able to measure some heat in the habitat. And also we were able to measure the heat pipe experiment. And yeah, that was quite interesting for us to take the data on what's happening, and uh, so, which gave us more insight, to be honest. And yeah, that 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 was. I would say that phone was a hero for all of us. And uh, yeah, it's this podcast is not sponsored by Caterpillar, but if Caterpillar is interested, you can just contact me <laughs> for sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and... that's, a, that's a very cool phone. I mean, I, yeah. I, at first I was like, why Why would you need a phone with a thermal camera? I mean, <laughs> seriously, why? But but then, I mean, the more we used it, the more I saw how, how great benefits it, it has and, and how really useful it is for um, doing various projects like the ones we were doing there. It's really cool. Yeah, and and something about food and sleep as well. We need to discuss about that as well. So yeah, how did you guys feel when you're eating the food and uh, your sleep schedule? Did you guys sleep well, or uh, and uh, did you guys feel uh, feel good after eating uh, the limited rations we have? Uh, you can start, Matt. Yeah. Yep. So, so the food was, the food was very specific. Um, later on, we learned that the food, uh, Matt? the menu. Can you hear uh, me? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry. I guess something was broken. Uh, so the food is the food was very specific. Um, yeah, the food was very specific. Later, <laughs> later on, we learned that uh, the food menu was designed to annoy us and and make us angry. Um, and and I guess it failed at that because we were just making fun of it. It was yes, just so laughing. so. Yeah, it was just so weird and and bad, and and we were just making fun of it. it. It didn't bother us to make us frustrated, but we were just making fun of it. What kind of wondrous meal we have today? Um, I don't have any specific examples of what kind of things we had to eat. I, I don't remember. Maybe you guys can can give some examples to the audience a bit later. What kind of wonderful uh, meals we had to prepare? But all of them were very weird. Luckily, all of this was made by a dietitian, so it was all very nutritious. Um, I hope, and 
so so we didn't feel like we're missing any nutrients so that was good when it comes to sleep uh sleep was for me the most relevant discovery really during this mission because I personally, and I know that you guys experienced this as well, I didn't sleep a lot. Um, every night I was sleeping less and less. And, you know, the last nights were like, it started off fine, like seven or eight hours, I think the first night, then seven, six, five, four hours. And the last night was two hours. That was an emergency because I was finishing up the, the Rover report and the Rover manual. And I purposefully stayed late to finish it because it was the the, the almost the the one before the last day, and and I knew that on the next day, on the last day, we don't know what's gonna happen. We can be like called in to let's just exit the habitat in the morning, and and I was right, being cautious like that. So on the penultimate day, I was sitting up late to finish the report and the rover, um, and then we were woken up very early by an alarm that something happened to the habitat and we had to fix it. Um, meaning, in effect, I had two and a half hours of sleep. And then, you know, that was the end of the mission, but it wasn't the end of our activities around the mission because we had the stratospheric balloon yeah. launches, which uh, also, I... yeah. Yeah, going too far. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to continue on the sleep part, right? That uh, I was also staying there late fixing stuff and also didn't sleep a lot. and. In the end, with the sleep, uh, I didn't sleep a lot, but I felt fine with it. And that was the very important discovery for me, that if I have something that I'm motivated to do, uh, that I don't have distractions, I can stay motivated and, and, and pushing hard with little sleep, and I'm going to be fine with it. And that was an important discovery for me. Of course, all of this fall apart uh, after I got back home and uh, I'm in this beautiful countryside, uh, countryside Poland right now. So I have absolutely no motivation to uh, work hard and not sleep. I'm just chilling and enjoying my uh, countryside life for now. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to know that if needed, I can I can do that. Uh, and, Matt, and, uh, actually, yeah. I guess your voice broke uh, in the middle when you were talking about the two hours of sleep. Can you just uh, no? Maybe talk? I heard everything. Uh, Craig stopped in middle. I don't know what oh. happened, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, can you just uh, explain a little bit more for the people who are listening? Maybe I will edit it if it's not, you know. From which part? From when I said two hours of sleep. Yeah, two hours of sleep after the emergency. You can just uh, continue from there. Yeah, so two hours of sleep after the emergency. And, you know, the interesting part was that it, I was fine with it. I didn't feel overly tired. I didn't feel anxious that much. It wasn't, like, relaxed. It wasn't fully relaxed, calm, you know, life. Uh, but it was motivated uh working hard and, and pushing hard to, to finish the things i was doing so it was interesting for me to know that i can do that and and it is in the realm of what's possible to do um so that was a very interesting discovery for me i'm, I'm not sure yet how big of an impact that's going to have on my life because after the mission i got back to uh wonderful countryside poland where i where i live right now and I have absolutely no motivation to stay up late and work hard here. So, yeah, it all depends on the environment, but it was still an interesting discovery for me.
yeah yeah that that was something really interesting as well i remember uh, we just have this uh time scheduling and all those things like uh we were every time when we were like i can see that you know like we are not we are awake more than 17 hours or 18 hours then go back to bed and uh yeah that that was something which is which was going on as well i i remember peter was designing some uh, mission clock where every day morning starts with a zero zero and we will be able to track keep keep time in track so that that was that, that uh, uh, we we know that you know like uh we are going late and uh, running late and that was something which uh which i felt as well we never felt tired when we wake up in the next morning and uh, and the last day, I remember, we slept only two hours and uh, we got an alarm. That that was interesting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have to crawl down everywhere. <laughs> it, the yeah. mission time was very interesting um, yeah. to, to measure the time of day from zero, starting when you wake up. That was a very interesting concept that I also really liked. It was It was fun. Yes, because yeah. our day day cycle was dependent on that. We were woken up by the by the mission control, and the clock starts at that point. Yep. Every day it was a different, you know, different uh, point when we were woke up. So. Yeah, and they also changed the time zone. Uh, at at the beginning, it was a time zone of Beijing, Beijing, I guess, and uh, then we changed our time zone to. Uh, Houston. Houston, yeah. We we changed it to Houston and Yeah. And then the last day we guys are even confused on <laughs> which time we were on. I I remember writing in our reports that uh, we still, you know, like struggling with time and all those things. That was the only thing which was which I felt was, you know, we guys were struggling in the end, but it was really funny. But you know that you're not uh, going with the time. But we did it on purpose, to be honest, as Matt, Matt was uh, saying earlier, because uh, we we knew that it's gonna happen, and uh, yeah, it's it's obviously you know something which was really fun and uh, fun and yeah, cool. The, it, yeah, it was interesting that like I don't know about you guys, but for me, I, I didn't have any intuition about what time it actually is outside. Um, because we had effectively two clocks um, on on our like mission clock, which was the mission day clock that starts at zero when you wake up, and then we had the time of the time zone we were set for, and this time zone we were set for was changing as well. So on the first day we were switched to the Chinese time, which. You know, at that point, you still can calculate, okay, Chinese time is roughly this many hours ahead of ours, so this is this time. But then when we switched to Houston, I was like, okay, how much is it for the Chinese time, mission time, daytime, and, and our time? And I was like, yeah, okay. local time. <laughs> local time? Okay, no, just, just give up. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah yes, so, so, had, so that was... Yes, because of that, we had really, really uh, a lack of... of uh, sleep and yeah as matt you said and the diet wasn't really nutritious full and it's not about that 
it wasn't because it had to be and it was measured by the by the data by the all the medical experiments we had so every time silky examined us uh, we were fine we were completely fine we were not getting you know too tired and we were not getting uh, we had no you know any anemias or anything uh, visible during the mission so it was it was really fine it was just uh, ingredients of the meals were connected in a radicalous way, completely radicalous way. But it was also really funny to, to have that things. And it was also really important, I think, and it was really amazing that the dishes uh, were prepared by us during the mission. So we had a recipe and ingredients, and we had to cook everything for our for ourselves. Uh, it was also all a nice team building uh, experience. Experiment uh, activity, yeah. Yes, and, and and I'm still following the same diet, guys. Uh, seems it's working out <laughs> for me. Really? To lose some weight, yeah. Like, nice. uh, cool. yeah, the gluten-free one. Uh, yeah, I was able to find some ingredients. Like, like I'm just able to keep it partial, but you know, uh, I still have to consume some caffeine. Uh, mm. before going to the gym or something, you know, like during yeah, work. It's, so. I guess it's also worth mentioning that we had a ban of ca ban on caffeine during yeah. the mission, so we didn't drink any coffee and uh, we had only a selection of teas. Um, I, I want to mention... And, ah, kombucha! Kombucha masks! Kombucha. Yes! <laughs> kombucha we, we, have to, we have to talk kombucha masks and kombucha drink. We have to talk about it in a moment. But the and one Alula thing I want sandwich. to point out... Yes, I wanted to point out the Alula sandwich that you can talk talk shit as much as you want about the diet that we had because it was horrible uh, but in this stressful environment we managed to create something beautiful which is the alula sandwich uh, giri tell us what's the alula sandwich the alula sandwich is nothing but you know like you have an apple and uh, peanut butter that that was my idea actually uh, in the beginning because i used to have my sandwich like like it's not even a sandwich it's just like a snack after my gym uh, I, I, when uh, when i'm so tired i i will be so lazy to cook so what i do is that uh, i used to cut some apples and mix it with some peanut butter it was good it was good but when uh, we were having a conversation in the crew peter started taking the cornbread and he started applying uh, some peanut butter and he, he put some apple on it yeah, apple that's how, yeah, that's how Alula sandwiches are born. And uh, yeah, the diet yeah. was meant to keep us frustrated, <laughs> but we started making fun of that. <laughs> yeah, Alula sandwich, uh, cornbread, one of these dry breads, yeah. and um, peanut butter and apple. It's a great, great combo. And it's also worth mentioning that it was an accident uh, to discover it because we had before the mission we we got a list of you know ingredients of what we should have during the mission and we went for shopping to find uh, all of those ingredients in the shop and take just take them with us to the habitat but by mistake we haven't found the sunflower butter or something like this so so instead of that we had the peanut butter <laughs> oh yeah. Also, we all in the, the shop there was not enough gluten-free bread uh, yeah. available, so we chose this 
uh, cornbread. cornbread. Yeah. So yep. we had a lot of replacement from original uh, list of ingredients. That's why we had some variety and 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 yep. the place for experimenting. It turns out that buying uh, gluten-free bread in Biedronka, which is a local, uh, which is a supply uh, supermarket chain here in Poland, they just didn't have enough gluten-free bread for a seven-day stay for four people. Um, they just didn't have enough gluten-free bread for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of bread. A lot of yeah, bread. A lot of bread. A lot of bread. But not gluten-free. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we we needed yeah. a lot of bread. Yeah, we we needed a lot of bread as well. We stored like on a day one. I saw that are we gonna eat everything, <laughs> and then in the end, I realized that yeah, we almost finished everything. Yeah, we we had some leftovers, right? But it wasn't that much. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, the diet was interesting. It was an interesting experiment, uh, an interesting experience. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, let's uh, talk about some funny moments as well. Uh, did you guys add any personal funny moments? Mm. Collecting funny the moments. tears. <laughs> Collecting the tears. Jesus Christ, that was. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was bad. I remember. Yeah, I was the first volunteer. <laughs> To collect the tears, but yeah, that that was funny as well. Remember, uh, you guys were chopping some onions, and I tried to apply the onions, but I was not able to collect the yeah. tears. So, so before we get to that, just to give some background info to everyone yeah. who's listening, um, one of the experiments we had from AATC was to collect tear samples, and I don't remember the background exactly, but effectively, they needed a few tear samples from us. Uh, one, a few samples of control, meaning that just the fluid from the eye in a natural state when you're not crying, and then some happy tears, some sad tears, and some uh, artificially induced tears. Um, and it was just so much fun to try to collect all of that because we had no idea how to properly collect tear samples. Um, and I think we still don't know. We just tried some random things and it all <laughs> kind of worked and out, but the, not really. We had to make tears when we are sad, when we are happy, and we have to collect it. But Yes, yeah. because background, background about, uh, about this experiment was that... To collect the, the tears. Uh, yeah, but the chemistry of the tears and the uh, yeah, yeah, keep keep talking, Giri. Did we lose Giri? Okay. And uh, what I did was something so, funny as well. Giri, uh, we lost you for a moment there. Let's say one minute. Or less. Giri, you there? Maybe yeah, he's, no, we'll... he's still talking about the tears. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, guys, uh, I'm audible. Yes, now, now you are you're back. And he dropped. <laughs> So Craig is here. 
have no fear. So are, are you, Petra, are you going to be building that uh, fountain that, that you sent me on the other day? Yes, I will. But I'm cool. still, you know, uh, looking for check valves. Yeah. And I probably will build few check valves using oh, really? the marbles. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because, you know, it's really hard to get a check valve and they are really expensive uh, yeah. for uh, PVC pipes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, I think that's a issue. So yes, collecting tears was a really funny experiment as well. Uh, I remember we were chopping some onions and I seasoned it with paprika to make more tears and I just tried to apply on my ears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing weird happened, but... Uh, don't do it at home. Don't do it at home. You will end up calling an ambulance. Well, we didn't call an ambulance, but yeah. maybe we should have. <laughs> you should have, because remember, you know, I said, no, guys, don't try it. I felt it for one or two hours in my eyes. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But anything for science, you know? Like, in the end of the day, uh, it was an experiment. and. Uh, yeah, and, and we didn't manage to get any, like... Yeah, we didn't manage to get any induced tears. We didn't manage to get any sad tears or happy tears. Even though we had a lot of laughs and we watched a sad movie. And I guess the most of us... movie in the movie you know, in the Netflix list. Yeah, we, we Googled what's the saddest movie on Netflix, and, and this was one of it. And it was pretty darn sad. It was just like, it was almost there. It was almost there. I could almost yeah. fear the tear, but then I could feel the tear flowing. I was like, oh, should we have to collect it? And then I stopped feeling sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah, problem. Uh, and yeah, let's discuss about our final takeaways as well. So what was your takeaway from uh, all this mission? Uh, uh, maybe, Peter, you can start, you know? Hmm. My final takeaways. I think that memories. <laughs> and yeah, we had a lot of great time during uh, mission, before and after. I really loved the, the activities uh, around the mission, that we were collecting this water uh, samples, that we were attending to stratospheric mission it was really really amazing adventure and also the mission itself that we were locked for one week and just try to survive in in four people four foreign people uh in one place and we did it yeah, we are still, still fine still alive i had a huge jet lag after the mission because of those uh time uh, perspective perspective uh, perception experiments it took me almost a, more than a week to to get to the to my normal stage <laughs> but yeah everything is fine now yeah i was super jet lagged as well i remember it uh, from my end i was sleeping all the time for one week yeah and Matt, you can just uh, see how it was uh, for you in the end. And we will be discussing about one more thing we did after coming out as well. Yeah, so final takeaways was that it was just a lot of fun. You know, it was a lot of fun to play pretend astronauts. Uh, it was a lot of fun to have this environment of 
focus and, and a mission and, and dedication. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, and it was an interesting test for me to feel how I would feel in, in an, like a real situation like that. And I feel I would feel fine. And I'm curious, now I'm curious how it would be for a longer mission, like a month or a few months. And yeah, it just it just left me feeling that I want more. You know, it, it's like that that whatever need I had, whatever desire for, for that I had, I, I felt unsatisfied. And I feel like I want more. I want to try more. Yes, um, one week is not enough. <laughs> yeah, one week one week is like fun. Like let's let's be honest. Like one week is just yeah. fun. One week um, is fun. Yeah. And also we can talk about uh, the stratospheric mission as well. So so once we guys were out, uh, we didn't have much time, you know, like uh, to chill. Like we chilled for two or three hours, and then we started working on the stratospheric mission on the evening. That that was uh, something which was interesting as well. And for me, the end note was that I'm still learning, you know, like I still learned a lot of things from you, Matt, and uh, from Piotr, Matt, and Silky. Uh, you guys uh, have been like really amazing. And I took away, it's like Matt, Matt is really hardworking and uh, he knows a lot of things with uh, programming. And uh, yeah, that's, that's something, you know, like electronics. This is super important. Almost, you... yeah. You know, Matt, how to fix everything. <laughs> yeah, and the Piotr is yeah. good with design. Piotr is good with design and teamwork, and uh, Silky was really good with uh, coming up with something, you know, like interesting all the time, with interesting solutions. So, yeah, Silky was yeah. perfect in finding problem the solving, yeah. Yeah, problem solving, finding solutions, how to build something at home uh, yeah. with, with very limited amount of uh, of parts. What can we do? What, what, how to connect things together to to get the result? Yeah, and talking about uh, stratosphere, uh, stratospheric mission, we guys, uh, 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 we guys had something, you know, like some something interesting as well. I see that we had another person who will be who joined us on helping with the uh, stratospheric mission. It was Prasimsla, and uh, yeah, and Matt was working as well. You got you both of you guys were uh, really working on programming, and yeah, and personally, uh, I learned a little bit more with Matt because. Uh, Matt has a robotics engineering domain and I had a mechatronics engineering domain. So Matt was like, you know, Matt knew a little bit more on the pro, not a little bit, I would say most of the things he know more about with compared with me because with his experience in ESA and all those things, that was really a good takeaway with Matt, you know, we had a better networking and yeah, I believe it's going to give me some insights on what I will be doing on uh, the upcoming years. And uh, yeah, and we have someone in our chat as well. So it's Agatha saying hi to us in the chat. Yeah, thanks, Gary, for the kind words. Yeah. Um, it's nice to, to hear that. Yeah. 
it's uh was a lot of fun yeah when, when you were saying about the stratospheric mission and the fixes there uh it was an interesting case of like how to fix stuff and how to how to how to debug things because everybody was saying that there is a software issue with one of the cameras um uh, one of the components on the on the capsule on the stratospheric capsule was supposed to be a thermal camera and everybody was like oh there's some problem with the software the software is like freezing and 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 it was I'm not saying that but the actual problem was that the the camera was plugged into a development socket uh molex connector that was just not designed for it to be moved a lot and it was possibly moved a lot this socket has a lifetime lifetime of 20 uh connect disconnect cycles so if you do more of that it becomes just loose and the camera pops out and it was that's what was happening the camera was just popping out of its socket and that's why it was not working and everybody was saying that the problem was with software and software and software but in reality, it was hardware. Um, so maybe to anyone listening, if you if you work on any like project that there's hardware and software, just make sure that um, you debug everything before you start looking at the software because it might be a hardware problem, and it's just easier for everyone to assume that the problem is in the software, but it's not not always the case. Yeah. So we are trying to have Agatha join, right? Agatha join. Let's let's wait for Agatha. Just a moment. Let me check. Maybe she is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's... Maybe yeah. Let her join, and we can also talk about how uh, we guys were designing on the same evening about for the stratospheric mission. To be honest, I didn't know much except the spot device which we used for uh, used for used for finding out our uh, finding out our our our, our, our parachute payload, payload. capsule. Yeah, the payload capsule and uh, parachute and the payload capsule. That was something which is uh, which we did uh, did. Which we did. It was really interesting, and uh, I remember uh, we were in uh, Beldowska Desert. I'm not sure whether I'm spelling it right. Beldowska, how it's spelled? Beldowska. <laughs> Bel- Bel- yeah. Beldowska, yeah. A lot of you know funny uh, Polish letters inside. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of good. I would say, yeah, uh, I was in Poland actually before, uh, even before here, like. Poland is my favorite hub to buy buy some shopping like shopping things, clothes and uh, food for cheaper prices. Whenever I feel you know like I want to go to Warsaw, I will just take a bus from Vilnius and I move to Warsaw as well. So Poland is very near to Lithuania and yeah, for now I live in Vilnius. So that's that's you know something which. It's an advantage for me to go to Poland all the time. And an interesting place, to be honest. <laughs> interesting place and interesting people. So, yeah. That's that's something which uh, we just took away. And, yeah, talking about stratospheric mission, Matt, you were the one who was working a little bit with... Uh, 
presumes and the AATC staff. Yeah, so you can just try to explain a little bit more on. Yeah, so it's Przemysław or Przemek. Yeah, misspelling his name as well. I know Polish names are very difficult. That's why I gave up on explaining everyone that I'm Mateusz and that they're pronouncing it wrong. I'm, I just go by Matt these days because it just, uh, you can't misspell that. <laughs> um, no, really, that's <laughs> that's that's why. <laughs> um, it, it was really very tedious, very tiring eventually because people come up with all the weird names, how to spell your, how to, how to pronounce your name. And, and it just becomes very, very tedious at some point. Um, and we have someone as well, Agata. Hi, Agata. <laughs> Good morning, good morning. Finally, I got you here. I need to change passwords to download applications. Long, long, long way to go, but but successfully I'm with you. Welcome. Yeah, and, uh, welcome, welcome. Hello. Podcast. Hello. Alula. 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 Yeah. So what you are talking about? We are talking about stratospheric missions now on uh, how much uh, difficulties and the challenges was faced by Matt and Shemak. So yes, Matt. You, yeah, uh, let's introduce uh, Agata as well. Agata is the director of scientific projects for uh, analog astronaut missions in the AATC. So Agata, you can just uh, give a quick, quick introduction to the people who are listening to the podcast. Yes, uh, welcome everyone. It's a pleasure uh, to be uh, here with uh, great people building uh, Alula Crew. It was an honor to host them in um, our habitat belonging to Analog Astronaut Training Center in Poland. And uh, yes, we were very, very happy um, with organization of um, this analog mission, but also uh, actually we are um, uh, leading the 44th mission, Sandra. And in the next week, we will have the 45th analog mission. So we are extremely busy all the time. <laughs> and yes, we, we like everyone, all different types of people to, to, to host here in the tiny confined habitat. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I really liked uh, like the habitat as well. We were discussing about how uh, habitat was and uh, how we manage everything earlier on this podcast. Yeah, and Agata, <laughs> you can just quickly explain yourself on uh, how how the applications and the process works uh, with uh, yeah, ATC, and uh, you can just give a quick explanation. Yes, the application process is very simplified, simply because we are interested in inviting all types of people with different backgrounds, with different interests. So not only people who want to be astronauts uh, are welcomed, uh, also people who are interested in extreme conditions, in extreme uh, technologies, because we are also focused on uh, life in extreme conditions. And uh, the, the, this uh, process is very simple because you just need to uh, fill in uh, the survey, which is available on our website, which is uh, www.astronaut.center. 
and in just in the front you will see the the word join us and you click it and you get to the survey and once you are in the survey we we get an excel sheet with all your data and if we have some free time slot for the mission we write you we contact you and write that yes we invite you to participate in analog missions or if somebody wants to you, to participate in uh, other types of trainings like stratospheric missions like uh, underwater trainings rocket workshops all types of um, activities that we can offer then of course again we we get your contact there and we contact you whenever we have some free place thank you so much agatha thank you so much <laughs> i guess the people who are listening to the podcast uh, will find it very informative and yeah you can also just quickly explain about the impressions on the alula crew uh, this was uh, i don't want to say one of my favorite crew but uh, some of you i knew quite well so it was a really pleasant mission because i knew that everything will be all right and usually I'm not so sure. I'm very much worried. I need to support the crew a lot. Uh, so it is time taking. It is really uh, time consuming. And with Alula mission, I was kind of calm that everything will will go all right. Of course, uh, mainly probably you already know uh, because uh, because I was working at European Space Agency with uh, Matt, Matt Kreinsky. And I knew his, um, you know, his his all uh, experience and engineering skills, and I knew that he he's simply amazing guy. Um, I don't want now to say that only he, but I, I knew um, Matt Krainski before Alula mission. Of course, I didn't know other crew members, but when I saw when I read profiles and motivation letters and some slides with experiments. I really liked it and um, this is one of things that I'm always uh, looking at. So how you prepare to the mission and we have some pre-training phase where I can um, get an idea what will be the level of the crew and in case of Alula the level was uh, was high and it was it was nice mission because yes I knew that uh, many things will come out out of it and for example I'm super super happy that Xiongsh uh, Rover is uh, operating now um, during this mission we we don't touch it uh, because uh, people are focused on uh, survival uh, other experiments so so we don't have the robotic aspect during this mission now but I believe that um, even on 11th of of June, which is uh, the next, the, the, the upcoming Saturday, actually, we are going to present Change Rover uh, in Rzeszów. This is a university place. We will uh, we will have our state um, and present what we did during analog missions. So, of course, Alula will be also represented there, and I'm proudly uh, carrying their Alula mission patch and. Alula gadgets. Yeah. Cool. That, that sounds that, cool. That, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah. so yes, I, I mentioned Matt Krajinski, uh, my friend uh, back from ISA, but uh, I met new new people in Alula. In, of course, you, Girinat, uh, Piotr, uh, Silki, um, and I really found out that um, yes, again that you fit uh, completely to the to the crew character, to the mission character. You are learning very fast. And adjusting very fast to completely unknown conditions. So again, I really like this mission. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Agata. Yeah, we <laughs> we guys were like uh, discussing on uh, how amazing MCC was as well. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess I was the first one to take calls every day. That that was a pleasure for me. Yes. You know, someone yes. called me and they're like, "Good morning," and. Uh, yeah, also uh, briefing in different languages as well. <laughs> so, first day was Chinese. And uh, yeah. 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 And uh, do you remember any funny moments? That's that. This is a quick question as well. Do you remember any funny moments of us uh, in, uh, in the habitat? Because we guys were discussing about Alula sandwiches and uh, our tier experiment and <laughs> a lot of things which happened funny, you know. Yeah, yeah, you had different point of view because you saw yeah. us on the yeah. cameras on the monitoring. <laughs> <laughs> well, mostly I saw you, Piotr, uh, because you were sitting next to the camera most of the time with the laptop. Okay. <laughs> but it was very nice. You were a very, very hardworking person. Uh, well, the funny thing, um, I think that very funny thing is Alula itself, the word. <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah. Whenever uh, I think about Alula, I speak about Alula. It is so funny to express this word. And I don't know how how this uh, funny word uh, really um, associates with your crew and with the mission objectives, because Alula means a wing. And there was no wings. <laughs> Winglet. But it kind of sums up our mission uh, nicely because it's just funny, humorous. Um, yes, yes. And, yeah. and I think that's the important bit, right? Um, it's just funny word that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything particular to us. It, we don't yes, exactly. hold any value with, with its meaning, but it's just funny and nice. And yeah, I, I think I liked it because of that. Yeah, but it, yeah. it, it took me a lot of time to accept that it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> there is no like reference to to the mission. Day one was okay, and after day two, on day two, it started turning into funny name. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you you don't see because you are on the, on the other side, but I'm on the side of organizer, and I know how um, other people pay a huge attention to the mission name, to the mission logo. Oh my God, they, they are taking lots of time for exchanging graphics, for exchanging uh, all ideas about names. Oh, this is stupid. We need to be more serious. Oh, this is like this. This is yeah. like this. And so, <laughs> so oh, and you just came out with Alula. And there came Alula. <laughs> and I said, okay. S serious names. There were a lot of serious names in the wall, and in the in the end, I can see there came Alula. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, th this is very interesting because sometimes something what 
at the beginning can have completely no sense, no connection <laughs> with anything. Um, it seems that it is kind kind of boundary factor because now we are speaking so long time already about Alula and just because it is Alula and not something like inspiration, like uh, perseverance, like I don't know. There are so many proud names and super, super, you know, like big names. And we have simple Alula, which is great. And this is also a lesson for me that name uh, cannot be only very serious one. You should just use uh, like a random name generator for these <laughs> missions and <laughs> just, just go Good with idea, it. Matt. Random, random word generator, even maybe. Random word generator. <laughs> yeah, that that was really interesting part. You know, like the person who chose the name, uh, she was not able to participate to do to the conference in uh, ISA. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, it it was uh, someone uh, from Slovakia. But you you said Giri that it was relevant that the name is a palindrome. Yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah. missing the point why it was relevant that it's a palindrome. We just uh, Agata was saying something about you know the time zone change even before we guys were uh, on during during when we are discussing. Uh, so I was like, oh, time zone changes. So maybe you know, like we need to create something palindrome like. Uh, I just took this inspiration from uh, the movie Tenet, and I was like, "Oh, maybe the palindromes works," and everyone accepted for palindrome. And um, okay, that, that that reference. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good to know. Now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know what? Also, very original was mission patch. Your mission patch. Um, first time in my life. Silky, because she was preparing the, the final machine logo, she did it using uh, pencils, colored pencils. And normally people use, you know, like modern tools, uh, graphics, uh, of course, on, on laptop, on computer. And she simply sent me, <laughs> instead of PDF file, she sent me a, a JPEG with her drawing. Oh, this is how, how the machine pass should look like. So, so what what did you what did you do with it afterwards? Yes. Because someone had to draw it, of right? Of course, because normally I need to send PDF file or SVG file to the people who are really embroidered this, yeah. because this must must be a digital digitalized file. So, <laughs> and it was quite short time to do this, and I said, "Oh my god, uh, never! I did something like this." So I asked my uh, very nice friend here, uh, Christian, who was already uh, analog astronaut in two analog missions. He's good in graphics. And I said, Christian, we have some extreme, <laughs> extreme case. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have five hours to make real mission patch out of nice drawing. Of course, it was beautiful drawing, but, uh, you know, Silky made it very complex comparing to what you all finally got. Because she really mm. made uh, several gradients of colors. She made the wings in many, in, even in World Alula, there were wings. Yes, there were. Yeah. Yes. So it wow. was very complex. And we, ne we needed really to think, and we had very limited time to make it. Like
So hi guys. Uh, so some of the footages when we guys were recording the end notes, I mean the audio clippings were uh, not properly recorded. Basically, I have uh, a note from Mateusz and Piotr, and some end note from Agatha was not, you know, like not getting reflected. So basically, what Agatha said is that. So we did a lot of experiments and uh, Agatha invited most of the people to work on the same kind of experiments and uh, try to contact the Analog Astronaut Center for uh, more experiments, you know, like they have a lot of things which are going on. Uh, the, the Analog Astronaut Center has some stuff going on with 3D printing, they have a lot of facilities to make your own test with the different chemicals and you can even come up with your own experiment and uh, try to send to Agatha and uh, she will just you know, reach, you, reach you out on the analog missions. Basically these things are what we did was on the analog missions but you can also come up with your own idea and uh, try to check with Agatha probably she knows more on uh, space so that's that's it guys so i apologize for losing the audio clip but that that's that's my point you know like i didn't have a proper internet other day and sometimes it happens you know like most of the times like when all the things go good something something will get messed up you know not everything is perfect on all the time, so I'm just learning and uh, I, I I will make sure that it won't happen another time, you know. That's what I wanted to pass on this uh, middle of the clip. Uh, I, that's why I'm just trying to add my voice in the middle of the clip so that, you know, you can just continue listening. So we will be having in notes from Matthews and Peter. And uh, yeah, that's it for the podcast. In the habitat, everything is a riddle, so you need to boost all your creativity to operate in such a place with a very limited amount of resources, tools and time. And I really recommend all of you to give it a try, have fun and learn a lot, a lot and even more. And yeah, thank you so much, guys, and uh, have a good time. Bye.